All right, let's talk some trailer trash. Um, <laughs> it's our semi-recurring segment. Trailer trash. That's a spin-off podcast. Yeah. Yes, we have dibs. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, the Fast Nine trailer. I mean, we've we've done. How many of those on this podcast did, so far? We did eight on this podcast. Yeah. We did Fast 8 on this podcast. And then we also had our Too Fast, and Too Furious. And we did Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, and we, and we did our Drift. battle episode where I tried to defend Too Fast, Too Furious versus Which Tokyo Drift. Which is indefensible. Because... It's indefensible. <laughs> well, so is Tokyo Drift. But I mean, less so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Aren't uh, these all the same movie? I mean, I mean pretty I much. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all one movie. Okay. I, mean, it, well, I mean, since five, they've pretty much been the same movie and might as well be superhero movies, which we've talked about because Dom literally catches a car in the trailer for The Fast Nine. Um, which is ridiculous. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing in that trailer. Yeah, because we have like one huge piece of information, like one big spoiler, and like we're going to put that in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, and if you haven't watched the trailer yet, I mean, spoiler alert: skip forward five seconds. Han is alive! Yay! And then what? it says justice is coming. Like the whole justice yeah. for Han thing is like he was never dead. It was all our plan. Family. Yeah, or they, they should have just done Justice is Coming without actually showing Han. I feel like that would have been better. Like, but I don't make trailers, so, yeah, you know. I really like John Siena's acting. He was, like, giving that same smug face. Yeah. Just like, I'm serious in this movie. I'm serious. I'm a villain. Does John Cena have a different face than that? Yeah. He's got, like, goofy dad face. Yeah, just, just, there's comedy John Cena yeah. and there's action John Cena. And I like comedy John Cena. I can't hate on him. Well, has he done, like, the... Um, big giant wrestler takes care of a kid thing yet because i think he has I, he must because like the rock did that i think vin diesel's done that done vin diesel has done it like everyone has uh-huh. done their version of kindergarten cop yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so john cena has to be there i just don't know of it yeah i don't know and then uh what else was there well there okay. was um ben affleck's um white savior Yay. basketball movie yeah oh, which i was like it's this. a oh. it's like the way back yeah, and, and my read of it is like Ben Affleck was like, I love Hoosiers, and you know how if you think about it, Hoosiers is really racist. I, I want to make a movie that's like trying to be less racist than Hoosiers, but ends up being more racist than Hoosiers. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's um like it's dangerous I think that Hillary Swank yeah. uh like movie where she like goes to the inner city school to like wow. teach all the kids. Is that Freedom Riders? Is that the it's name of something it? Something like that. But yeah, like that one uh mixed with the Jackson Maine arc from A Star is Born oh uh God. mixed with uh Remember the Titans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Ben Affleck is this like washed up drunk who gets called on like a public service thing to go coach a basketball team. Because that's what you want is yeah. a drunk Ben Affleck to <laughs> hang out with ben teenagers. To, like coach a basketball team, but then it's like a lot of, you know, black kids and like but then he's gonna be the guy who brings them together to like realize their power and how cool they are. Yeah. It's You're gonna love it, Steven. It's, You're it's, gonna love it. I don't just watch the trailer movies. is so <laughs> much white savior sports movies. Yeah, no, movies. yeah. Sports <laughs> movies and war movies are just like two things that I just like can never find the energy to watch. Like I've heard nineteen seventeen is phenomenal and it's I just meh. still just like I can't yeah. said I just, everyone's dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's every middle aged white guy's favorite movie. Yeah. 
Which is like, you know, they need stuff. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like the pawn wars of movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, God. There was some good stuff, though. Did uh, you see it? Did you see 1917? No. I haven't no, seen it either. No, I don't plan on it. <laughs> I will, just because I'm the token guy who has to. But <laughs> You're our token straight guy, money. so. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. That's yeah. my <laughs> review. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah. I mean, there were some good trailers, though. What was A Promising Young Woman looks, like, pretty interesting. A Promising Young Woman looks really good. What's that? Oh. Uh, it's, like, this woman, she was, like, in, like, medical school, I think it was. And she, like, something happened. Like, you know, like, they allude to it. And it's, like, sounds like it's, you know, some either, kind of like, some sort of, like, sexual assault, assault. or sexual harassment. Uh-huh. Uh, and in the movie, it, like, starts with her. She's, like, pretending to be, like, wasted and, like, luring all these guys back to her place. Like, and as they're, like, trying to, like, have sex with her, like, nearly Without passed consent. out body, she, like, suddenly becomes, like, lucid and is, like, hello, what the fuck are you doing? Wow. It's a revenge show. Yeah. It's a really good, like, revenge, uh, like, actual feminist forward movie. Um, <laughs> the, the hey, 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 hey. About what we're going to be talking about later today. Oh. Um, okay, okay. okay. Some, some shade being thrown over here. Okay. <laughs> it's Sade. But, but there was also um, St. Maud, which looked... Oh, another... Scary as A24. Hell. Yeah, another A24 horror movie. By the director of... Or the... Same company of The Witch and Hereditary. Oh, I like and those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in that vein. Approved. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen any good trailers, Stephen? Oh, I saw this trailer for Boy 2, which I've never seen Boy 1. It's apparently about a family that moves into a house and their son is disturbed and there's a doll in the yard that was buried and dirty, but they bring it inside and they dust it off and give it to their disturbed son, and things don't go well. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. Because so when you said, boy, I was thinking the Taika Waititi movie. Nope. Oh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> everybody in the theater seemed really confused, and it was like, boy, too. And everybody who was watching right. trails was like, what? What's boy one? <laughs> yeah, wasn't there another movie that was like called Boy that was like... Like they filmed it over like a decade. Boyhood. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Okay. It's actually a really yeah. good yeah. movie, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, none of the movies that I was thinking of. They're no, they're no, <laughs> not, they're not at all. There are no creepy dolls. In, uh... <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I feel like we've got. Uh, you may be hearing a new voice here today. We've got a guest on our show, uh, Stephen Frost. He Welcome. is, yeah. Um, you're a professor at CU Boulder, correct? Yes, that's correct. I'm a professor in the Department of Media Studies. Okay. So are you with Tara in the same We're area, in different or? departments, but our offices are across from each other. Yeah, we're, we're like physically adjacent, yes. uh, but not academically. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did teach a class in her department last semester. It was mm-hmm. really fun. I love your students. Mm-hmm. Really they awesome. love you. Oh, good. I'm <laughs> <Yes>. glad. <laughs> good. I fear reading FCQ sometimes. Yeah, that really, the, the student reviews, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, nice. Uh, so, like, how long have you been there for? Oh, I started about five years ago. I moved here from California, like everyone else yep. in Colorado. <laughs> um, California and Texas. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, yeah, and I'm an artist by trade, and so I work in, in the media studies department. Part of what I do is I actually am really interested in getting students to take the research that they do and, like, bring it out into the real world and, like, think about how they can make that research interesting to people who are not other academics um which is a very novel idea yeah radical radical idea (laughs) wait we're not like gatekeeping (laughs) 
How are we supposed to function if we can't tell people that they can't come in? There's a tower and it's made of ivory for a reason. I'm sorry, if somebody doesn't read this 24 page densely written paper, why should I care about their opinion? <laughs> um, but I do a lot of work with the public library of Boulder. And actually, recent last year, I became a library commissioner uh, for the city of Boulder. What does that mean? Um, it means I go to really long meetings, uh, which I actually enjoy, and I develop policy for the library. I deal with like patron complaints, basically, like people write the city and say like, what's going on? Why aren't we, why don't we have this magazine anymore? Things like that. And then I get to work with the library and respond to their problems. Why don't we have newspapers on big long sticks? (laughs) You have to have newspapers on big long sticks. Um, And we also are getting like, we have a new project we're doing, which is going to be creating a library district for the city. And we have a North Boulder library we're trying to start. So a lot of it is advocating for money and support from the city council so it's fun you know good stuff i like it very nice yeah i did a little bit of like internet stalking which uh means i viewed your public website (laughs) (laughs) creepy uh so yeah like you do do you do mostly work with like fabric material like a lot of uh it's like kind of like craft work kind of like translated into more like high art spaces from mm-hmm. what it seems. Yeah, I'm, I have my master's degree in fiber and material studies, so I'm really interested in textiles and what that means and how like the idea, I love textiles because it's like everybody can sort of relate to things that touch their body or these like memories of like crafts when they're children and it evokes all these kind of concepts within people. And uh, I did, I come from a regular fine arts background, but sometimes I just look at an abstract painting and I'm just like, am I supposed to be, what am I supposed to feel? Like what's supposed to be going on? Which is really cynical considering the amount of art education I have. Yep. But, um, I'm glad I, to know that educated people still have the same reaction to what, seeing fine art and I, as I do. Or <laughs> I see something that's modern or abstract. I'm like, what am I supposed to be feeling? Yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, good. You sprayed some foam and uh, you put some stuff in the spray foam. And now I'm supposed to be like, good job, MFA. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not allowed to touch it. Yeah, I'm not allowed to touch it. And that's, yeah. And I actually love, that's why I use textiles because I think it has a lot to do with like, uh, there's a queerness and a bodiness to textiles uh, that I'm interested in. And also within like people who make textiles, it really comes from a different tradition than fine arts. I think mm-hmm. the fine arts tradition for me is always like very much about like a canon of like masculine painters that everybody talks from. But in the fiber world, it's like Annie Albers, Lenore Tani, it's these weaver people. You guys can Google them. Uh, they're amazing. So like our history in the textiles world is like a feminist history. It's a history of like other radical people kind of, um, making work in the margins and that's kind of like where we all come from as like textile makers so to me it's more interesting there's more histories to dig into and also people like yeah they touch your work and you're just yeah. like you're like cool that's fine it's made out of cotton you can touch it <laughs> I can wash it yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, I think that's really interesting too especially thinking about um, the masculine and feminine in terms of materials and yeah, the kind of yeah marginalization of like fabric of like um, I was reading something online where they're talking about the word spinster mm-hmm. and how it comes from originally like a woman who was like so well like so uh, good at her craft of like you know spinning and weaving that she was independent like financially independent and how over time that's kind of like morphed into like the derogatory term of like yeah a woman who's like past like her marrying age or something yeah like a woman yeah. 
And so, yeah, that, that's when, a, when we're still thinking of women as objects that are to be owned by a man, like a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a I, I like the um, bringing that new light and bringing that sort of material and that work into those spaces where traditionally it's been seen as yeah less than or in the margins yeah it's a really interesting space to work and there's definitely a lot of like oh you're a guy who makes textile work and i'm like it's not that interesting (laughs) (laughs) it's like like, no (laughs) that's not that's not the concept (laughs) please don't write that (laughs) uh but there's definitely a way in which it's just it's just like working from a different canon and it's it's really i i came into textile work also because i was making these I was making paintings of like when I was an undergrad I made all these paintings of underwear on the wall and I was like pinning them all over the wall and my painting teacher came in and you know she's always very honest with me her name's Mary Lum she's an amazing painting teacher an amazing painter and she's like you know you could just show the stuff on the wall instead of having to like make a like pretty mediocre painting of it <laughs> which is kind of exactly what she said <laughs> you could just put the the underwear on yeah, the wall you could just <laughs> cut up and sew the underwear like you're doing and just show that and, yeah. I was, and people will probably like it more and i was like well i like it more and she's like yeah just just do that yeah. and she taught me to knit and uh-huh. i was like oh i love you mary mm-hmm. and uh yeah and so then since then i've just really embrace it and I was like a 4-H kid and I love my mom you know I'm a gay boy so (laughs) and I grew up in Vermont so she taught me to make hippie patches on my pants I know how to quilt I'm also from Vermont (laughs) did you ever have a quilted like vest I never did that I kind of wanted one I had quilted vests that my mom made for me and ones that we made together (laughs) my mom made me a quilt out of all my old high school t-shirts she could like cut those up and made me a quilt out of it Yep. <laughs> all right what's your favorite fabric oh my gosh denim is my favorite fabric even though it's really bad for the planet i know that's terrible <laughs> is um, it why is it bad for the planet oh well denim especially denim with elastics in it you cannot it does not biodegrade like all of our stretch jeans will not biodegrade because of the amount of plastics in them so they're here forever they're uh-huh. like basically like you're wearing a plastic cup from starbucks yep uh but then also the amount of chemicals involved mm-hmm. like so denim gets processed in all these different ways so gosh this is I'm so bolder today. Um, <laughs> but um, I love denim, but it gets processed in all these different ways because there's lots of obviously really toxic dyes that are used mm-hmm. to use denim. They don't usually even use indigo anymore, which would be a natural version. It's very expensive to create it. And then also the process by which people uh, make frayed yes, jeans is, so bad. is super bad for you. And there's so there's like people, you know, in um, subtropical climates creating this work that are breathing in just shredded jeans all day long for their oh, job yeah. for so 20 just years. coating their lungs. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's super bad for you. And then also the fact that like the, the fabric is made in one part of the planet, mm-hmm. shipped to another part of the planet, made into pants, and then maybe shipped somewhere else before it's shipped to the United States. So like it is jeans. So the like, carbon footprint around oh, denim yeah. yeah denim is terrible but i like the kind of idea that denim is kind of like blue collar it mm-hmm. has that like aesthetic working to class it. yeah but yep. it's, also, it's also like so americana yeah i love yeah. that part of it yeah. yeah and it's also like it's durable as opposed to some other textiles that you know when you use them you're like okay please don't rip please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somewhere it's like not quite leather and i can just do a lot with it and it feels like 
it ages really well. It lasts really long. In the way that it also, it's lasting forever is problematic. Right. It also, because it lasts forever, you can just like patch it and it still looks great, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's maybe, maybe that's the old Vermonter in me, but I, I love yes. me some denim. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I feel bad now because I was just talking with Tara yesterday about yep. like how I wish there were more like stretch fabrics in men's pants because like I have, thighs <laughs> and most pants most men's pants don't seem to account for that and so i've like mm-hmm. blown out the crotch on a number of pants <laughs> just like from having thighs yep. <laughs> so it's just like and then like i and then like women's pants like have stretch rabbit but they like have no functional pockets and so it's just like i just need like these two things to like come together (laughs) but now apparently that's horrible so no it's fine fine. (laughs) so i have two hacks for you on that one is that you can buy women's pants and i can show you how to extend the pockets it's not very hard to like extend the pockets on the inside and it does change the silhouette a little bit but it's not super super hard um and i did a workshop like once a year at the library where everybody comes and they bring all their terrible like jeans that are like women's jeans and we like put real pockets into them oh nice and the other thing is that i sew a reinforced like i ride a bike a lot you know boulder again um <laughs> and i uh sew like a reinforced i take the jeans that fell apart and then i cut them and then i sew that reinforce it into my crotch as well because i also have big thighs i also have big thighs which is why i gave yep. up on wearing pants altogether <laughs> i just don't ever wear them i don't even own a pair of pants i just give up on pants too so yes. yeah yeah Abandon, abandon them. <laughs> Coming this summer. Abandon all pants. Really yes, abandon here. All pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I buy Carhartt's and Duluth Trading Company pants because I work outside, so I just wear out all my pants. All oh the yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> you gotta have that, right? It lasts a little bit longer. Well, yeah. Um, well, I think uh, talking about fabrics and materials is a good way to get into this movie that <laughs> we're talking so about too. today. Because yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, really amazing (laughs) fabric work and costume work Mm -hmm. in Birds of Prey, which is the movie that we're talking about. Um, Yeah, the birds are back in town. (laughs) (laughs) The Birds of Prey who show up in the end of the third act. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like it makes sense. It's uh, It's an origin. Yeah, it's an introductory movie. We're introducing characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, we, I guess we'll split this one up a little bit since the movie just came out. Um, like it's opening weekend. Yeah. As well, we're recording this. Yeah, the well, episode will be released the next Monday, but uh, hopefully people will have seen it by then. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's the case. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, from the theater I saw it in. Yeah, it was <laughs> half empty or more. Yeah. yeah. I, apparently it's the worst DC opening since Jonah Hex. Oh God, Jonah oh, Hex! I don't even I know. I forgot what that... that that movie existed. Yeah, right. I don't even know what that movie is. Oh, it's like a, it's like a mutant cowboy, I... psychic cowboy. I don't. <laughs> You're... I feel like I saw it and I don't remember it at all. <laughs> it's Josh Brolin. Yeah, it's, it's Josh yeah. Brolin in a bunch oh. of makeup and he growls a lot. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Which, I don't know. I don't think this movie deserves that. I feel like it was... I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about it. So, Birds of Prey, we're talking about... Um, let's see here. Where to start? Let's, yeah. Do you want to start with costumes? I guess we, well, we should, could... we, should we also start with the subtitle? Or oh, yeah. The Antagonist the... Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, Harley Quinn who has broken up with uh, the Joker... Her toxic boyfriend, who uh, I'm sure, you know, no one can relate to having a toxic boyfriend. <laughs> Never had one. Never. 
Um, yeah, so Char- uh, Harley has broken up with her boyfriend, which brings about like the ire of like the entire criminal world of Gotham because pretty much no one has been able to touch her as long as she's been under uh, the Joker's protection. Uh, and so the main people that are after her are um, what's his name? Black Mask. Black Mask, who like something Roman Sionis. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're getting thank you. Thank you with the support. And uh his uh boyfriend slash his henchman Victor Zaz, which mm-hmm. we'll we'll get into the Batmanness of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, his boyfriend slash henchman slash uh kind of whipping post emotional whipping post <laughs> sure. yep. um so yeah a lot of toxic relationships a lot of uh, unhinged characters uh which i think that they played the unhingedness in a really fun way i thought there was uh the the disassociation scene with harley when she's being tortured by roman uh yeah. where she like says like the diamonds are forever yeah cut. diamonds are a girl's best friend oh yeah thank yeah, you yeah. Yeah. Yes. The, the gentlemen prefer First blondes, blondes. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, that was a Madonna reference? Oh! oh. <laughs> Just kidding. In a material world. And or, or a reference to Moulin Rouge. Right. Yes! Exactly. <laughs> I know the amount of you and McGregor connections in this oh, movie. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I made a lot of those notes, too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, like, we, the, I like the anime, animated opening sequence, too, mm-hmm. which kind of gives us her backstory. Um talks about how you know she was abandoned as a kid working on those abandonment issues and became a psychotherapist uh fell in love with the fell joker, in love with the joker right? then broke him out of prison then you know pretty much the harlequin backstory that we know if you've watched uh well they didn't really give her a backstory in the animated series but in the comics they, they did fleshed... give her an anime uh, backstory in the animated did they? series but it was it was later in the animated series like, okay but they introduced the character in the animated series and then it's like several seasons later that they actually give her backstory okay it's been like years since i've watched it um i thought that was really cool that they she started as an animated character that moved into the comic books right so i thought their choice to start with animation telling her story that was great i thought that was yeah. smart yeah i like that part a lot i think it was a really good choice mm-hmm. that that that's the part of the movie that i liked <laughs> basically the first 20 minutes of this movie i liked <laughs> well let's talk about it colin yeah well, colin's got opinions yeah yes. what you do. colin has something to say today what didn't you like i liked how it started from this point of what the movie is marketed as and what you're seeing the movie as like in the pre-roll because we see at the alma they're like it's Margot Robbie is like producing this. She's bringing in a female screenwriter. She's bringing in a female director. It's going to be this whole feminist forward comic book superhero movie. But then a little after the 20 minute mark, the Zack Snyder stink gets all over it. It just becomes a DCEU movie. That's a standard boilerplate DCEU movie. And it never recovers from that, in my opinion. Like, it, there's so much about it that I did like, but it just can't co- overcome the weight of the Zack Snyder stink that is all over every DC movie. We qualify Zack Snyder stink in this movie specifically. I'm just, I'm just interested. What you mean? Is it the the tones of this, the cinematic tones of it, the it's, screen? It's a lot of the tone. It's a lot of the like we're we're taking this so gritty and dark and serious. It, it's so much of the like slow mo action sequences. Mm. It's, it's so much of 
the the visual style of it like specifically the visual style later on in the movie that is is so Zack Snyder to me Mm. I didn't get like as like dour of a tone out of it as you as didn't you're get the, the, I mean, spoiler, you didn't get a dour tone when a man has his face cut off in front of his wife and daughter. Well, and then, I mean, and then yeah, the daughter I mean, has her face cut off. Well, yes, I mean, well, again, this is why that's I feel like, yeah, yeah, no, it's dark, but I feel like, again, that's where I feel like it leads, it leans more into like that um, unhinged element of it where these characters are like, yes, they are like horrible but they're also like kind of like weird and zany in a way like there's cartoony yeah there's like i feel like there is still more of like a colorfulness to it that was just kind of like like both like physically and like uh like within the dialogue of you know justice league and um like Batman versus Superman, like the like color was literally like pulled out of the movie yeah. to the extent where it just becomes like monotone. And I feel like this actually like puts more color into it, both within like the costume design, within like the lighting and like the cinematography of the world, really until kind of like that last, like the third act where uh, when they're like underneath the kind of like fun zone area, it's like very like kind of like colorful and bright. They're in the like the the graveyard kind of element that they're in, yeah. like kind of takes over in that third act. Um, but yeah, I think there's I think there's more brightness and color to not only the tone of the uh, like the visual tone, but the emotional tone of the movie too. And I would agree with you that there's more brightness and more color to this movie than there is in other movies in the DCEU, but that's still saying it's more colorful than a DCEU movie. Well, yeah. (laughs) I kept thinking of uh, Batman 2, the second one, the Tim Burton one. The best Tim Burton one. one. Thank you. Yes, because it it has that like circus gone wrong feeling. Yeah, Yeah. it does. Like perverse circus. There's a really cool disturbing nature to that film. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so this definitely pulls on that like the room where all five of them finally unite. It's got, it's basically like a circus tent on the inside Mm -hmm. of that room and kind of this uh, like carnivalesque, terrifyingly gross um, violence. With then like now we're gonna cut, like put a joke two minutes later, right? Yeah. That this kind of wild fluctuation. And it is still Gotham City. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. Gotham City is just kind of like within the comics, within like movies, it has consistently been kind of like described as like the city, like the crime infested, the like the the cloudy like constantly overcast kind Mm -hmm. of like city of the world and or of the dc world and so i don't think i don't think that they can really separate themselves from that without without kind of getting away from the root of what gotham city is in the comics and in the animated series yeah because the animated series where harley quinn came from like it was innovative because they were drawing on black paper yeah it was like this whole different thing to capture like the darkness of like the Batman world and the darkness uh-huh. of Gotham City, they they drew it on black paper. So yeah, I think that that tone still fits, and I think it's kind of necessary to have within the world because they're trying to hold to that consistency. And I still think that that's why, yes, it is dark, but because mm-hmm. it's Harley Quinn and because she is like 
this unhinged clown. Yeah. Was, <laughs> we do get that brightness. Oh, totally. I think it was like a hot topic kind of darkness. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like, it was like, I hate my parents. You know, it wasn't, it didn't have that sort of darkness that is, is in like, why does Superman gray, like in the Zack Snyder movie, like Superman is like, the world sucks. And you're like, that doesn't make any yeah. sense, right? <laughs> but in this movie, it kind of makes sense. I like, I don't know. I feel like it's a little more cheery. I was thinking really hard about like, what is the tone of this movie? And when you think that this movie uh, came out within six months of The Joker, mm-hmm. which is like the most dour DC movie ever, I think it's like, there is no joy in that movie. And like, <laughs> I'm not a fan. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen, seen, I haven't it. seen yeah. it. You're not going to find any any arguments here. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I keep bringing this up Joker. in class, and I'm worried it's going to like my students are going to like write online reviews of me. Like <laughs> he's a leftist. He hates the Joker. Joker. Um, but <laughs> he's against this movie that's telling the story about how downtrodden white men are. Yeah. I, I have to make. Yeah, I have to. Con- it's the going ongoing joke of the class right now. But I think so. Joker can't really be funny anymore. Like now, Joker, they've established him as this like horrific, terrifying, and even going back to the Christopher Nolan movies, right? Like, Joker isn't the like campy, fun, wild kind of. He's supposed to be the opposite of Batman, who is like mopey and sad and like, my parents died, like, right? (laughs) But then Joker is supposed to be like the fearless, like, joy Mm -hmm. and chaos, right? And I feel like this movie actually has like. Harley Quinn is what the Joker can't be anymore. Yeah. Like now the Joker is like so serious. It's Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree that like Harley Quinn in this movie particularly is like such a better agent of chaos yes. than the Joker has been in any other Batman movie that has existed mm-hmm. since Jack probably Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Jack yeah, Nicholson. agreed. Yeah. <laughs> agreed. Yeah. I guess for me, I, I decided like after the animated sequence, I was like, okay, I'm not going to think too hard about this movie and enjoy it, right? Yes, that yes, was yes, my which is fine, yes, right? Yes. Can, Can we just do that? Can yeah. I just have some pleasure and that's... not think too critical about it? <laughs> and that's what I thought. Like, I thought it was just, I thought it was a fun movie. I thought that like, um, it kind of gave me that like sort of Deadpool vibe where we Deadpool. get oh, yeah. like yeah. fourth wall breaks, we get like, Harley staring like right into the camera at like these yeah. like key moments. We like, have reverses where it's like, let's pause the action and back up and explain what's happened. Yeah, it was a little weird, but yes. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> also, I found all of that like I guess I was thinking about it too much. Um, Stop, but I found Stop so, doing I found that. So much of that to be like they're trying to do like a Guy Ritchie type of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I thought they were very much trying to do make this a Guy Ritchie movie, which also annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot like Ocean's Eight. That, like, mm-hmm. the feminist Ocean's Eleven that mm-hmm. came out a few years ago. It's yes. like getting the crew together was yep. kind of thing. It was also Ragtag little, team. Yeah, like, not after that Rick and Morty episode that made fun of that. I don't know. If oh, I haven't seen it. I haven't show. seen that, but it, um, yeah. But I did like Ocean's Eight. I did, I did too. too. I did yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it too. And, yeah. But it had that, I don't know. It's like, come on, guys, we can do this. We're going to turn the tables <laughs> on this toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ewan McGregor, though? Like, I'm. That was another thing I balked at, like, really early on. <laughs> he was, I love him. Him. I love him since Train Spotting. I love mm-hmm. him so much. I think he's a great actor, but he's really like inconsistent. He's he's well, very inconsistent, and especially anytime Ewan McGregor is supposed to be American. Oh like, right, yeah. Yeah. That part, like, right. The the first time I saw Ewan McGregor trying to do an American accent is in Black Hawk Down, and oh. he has like this one scene, and it's just so stark and noticeable like oh he's doing an american accent <laughs> and this movie not only is it ewan mcgregor trying to be american but it's ewan mcgregor as black mask which is really weird casting 
Yeah. I don't know like a whole lot about the character of Black Mask. I I just kind of took it as again, all of these characters are supposed to be like pretty much escapees from Arkham Asylum. Like, mm-hmm. like that's, that, that's pretty yep. much like yep. every vibe I got was like, oh yeah, all of these characters have had like a stint in Arkham yep. at yep. some point and they yep. are completely unhinged. Yep. Like Victor Zaz was like, just like wildly, just like the codependency of their relationship mm-hmm. and like, um, of like Black Mash just kind of being this like, man child who like ha- is like narcissistic and like has mm-hmm. to make everything about him and like feels like he has this ownership over like everything in the world around him mm. but is like just completely batshit insane and like the person that he is able to like use as his like whipping post for like all of his like narcissistic tendencies and will like feed into that because he is just like obsessed with him mm-hmm. and so like that is like what I I don't know again in, in the comics i don't know about oh, like a whole lot about the character but like within the movie i was like just going with it i was like sure like yeah he's yeah. insane <laughs> this is like unprecedented because it's gonna be one of the this might be the only time where i actually have knowledge from the comic books that you don't yeah. <laughs> i'm a marvel girl I'm a marvel girl. <laughs> so what did you think of you in why, why i mean i just okay so i i am a, i'm a i grew up dc and I converted to Marvel in my 30s. Okay. <laughs> um, besides the That's X-Men, which I feel like is an, is an offshoot uh, of like, it's like just its own universe, right? I'd read that. But I, I, so the Black Mask character is like from the mid 80s. It's like in the time period between like the Bronze Age, which was like trying to fix everything that happened from 60s campy Batman. <laughs> and then the Frank Miller late 80s phase. Mm-hmm. So he's the sort of like, he's a bridge character between two kind of like, like 70s which was all like moralistic and then uh the 90s batman which was like darkness and broody and like basically modern batman is like from like 89 right so i really like the black mask character and i think i wish they'd done his origin which is really cool because he like murdered his parents and who were who like denied him his fortune they were like yeah, perfume. He, he's perfume. a gangster like he, yeah. he like he grew up like as the younger son of a like mob family and then he like kills his parents to like take over the whole empire mm-hmm. and he carves the mask from their coffin oh, oh. i love that in the movie that's yeah that's good dark. stuff right? <laughs> yeah. that's good stuff that's it's like a mahogany it's supposed to be a mahogany coffin mask that's the idea. And he used to like burn people's masks into his henchmen's faces. Like he'd make, he'd put the mask on them and then like sew it or burn it into their face. That was 90s. But yeah, I mean, I love that. And I think Ewan McGregor's just like his maniacal kind of toxic masculinity didn't, it wasn't consistent. Yeah. Like I felt like when the character, there's that scene in the lounge, like in one of the flashbacks where I think it's the Black Canary scene. I can't remember. I get a little mished where he tells that woman to get up on the table and like mm-hmm. take off her dress. That was really terrifying. It was oh, so yeah. scary. It was such yeah. a scary scene. Yeah. And then she makes his boyfriend or whatever, that woman's boyfriend, like rip off the dress. It was really scary and uncomfortable. And I felt so scared of that. But that, it just came out of nowhere, it felt like. Like I just was like, is that the same person? And then, I don't know. But, but the whole thing is like a misread of the character of Black Mask. Because yeah. Black Mask is supposed to be like... He's a gangster. Like, yeah. that's the whole thing is, like, he's a mobster. So if you're going to have a character who's, like, the, like, unhinged lunatic, like, don't just pick a different DC villain. There are so many. Well, I feel like, and again, I've, I've over time, I've had to learn 
Marvel taught me mostly uh, that the, the MCU, with the MCU that like taking the characters from the comics and translating them into like film often does not go the way that the people who read the comics want them to or expect them to. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'm not going to write like screeds on Facebook about it. <laughs> and that and that's why like I've kind of gotten to the point where like I am I personally like am willing to completely disassociate the comic book characters from mm-hmm. their movie counterparts uh because like Cassandra Kane is another example oh, right. of that here where she's a completely different character right. in the uh comics like she's pretty much like at one point she or currently I think she becomes Batgirl mm-hmm. uh and she's like a trained assassin like so in this one they have her as like a pit, pickpocket right uh and so it's like these things are completely different than what they are in the comic books and I just kind of go with it at this point because yeah. I've watched so many Marvel movies where I'm just like, that's not what happened in the comic book. That's not how it happens. And then I got to the point where I was just like, I just, just, just stop. Do, <laughs> I just had to stop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, the character, uh, I, I wasn't really paying much attention to the performance because I was just looking at the costume design, right. <laughs> at, at the gloves that he wears, oh, where yeah. the thumb is a different color or the backside is a different oh, color. Yeah. They're fabulous. He has a, he wears, I can't remember which scene it's in, a pair of glasses where it doesn't actually touch the bridge of your nose. Like, I actually don't know how they stayed on his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're totally beautiful. And the kind of velvety, uh, like the blue velvet, gross lounge lizard kind of <laughs> Hugh Hefner at moments. Yeah, really, I, I I was just watching that. Oh yeah, all the <laughs> yeah. styling in this movie is awesome. Harley yes. Quinn's like caution tape, yes. kind of like party girl oh. outfit. And they didn't take, like I feel like sometimes the like costume people will make like really cheap decisions yep. with that stuff, but I think they just, they didn't. Yeah. Aaron Benetch. Oh, that is, I looked up the costume designer because yeah. I was like, I can't believe are, every, did such a good job. Such a yeah. good job. Every detail, like even down to the suspenders, how they're being worn in yep. different scenes, like really thoughtful. That jumper she had on yes. later that had the Harlequin like pattern, mm-hmm. like embedded very subtly in the textile. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. I also love the set design for Black Mask's like, condo yes <laughs> it's like, like a lair condo yeah open lair concept condo. like yeah, open concept. villains <laughs> love open concept yeah. like, villains love open concept I'm not gonna argue with you that the, the production design and the costume design all of that was fantastic KK yeah. Barrett was the production designer yeah, who most recently did her and uh, also did Marie Antoinette oh. the uh, uh, Sofia Coppola movie again oh. really really foregrounded I love when uh, part of what I like about these movies is that so much of design is usually kind of realistic Mm -hmm. in kind of big uh big blockbuster movies but in this movie they took the creative license of like we're gonna create this zany world and get to dial it up to 11 and just went for it and so i was basically watching the design for the whole movie except for when they were in downtown la right that was downtown la right Am yes. I wrong? Yeah, it's, Did you look it up? I, I no, but it's supposed to. It was shot in L.A., but it's supposed to be Canal Street. Okay. Like a weird. Is that what you're talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah. 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 I I was like, oh, that's like. That's it's like, like Figueroa. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, dressed up to look like Canal Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. which yep. is pretty typical. But yep. it was like that. Some parts of that was like not styled yep. at all. You were like, oh, there she is in a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that goes to a lot of. Uh, the involvement that Margot Robbie was able to like a lot of the control that she had, like producing the movie, like uh, having a lot of say in like the costume design for her character. 
uh, and then allowing like the other actors in the movie to have like input and say and like what their characters mm-hmm. would do and like uh, how their characters would look like uh, Journey Smollett like was able to like bring on her own like hairdresser oh, like really? to, yeah oh, um, nice. yeah who oh god I just looked her up too I mean uh, Nikki Nelms uh, was like the hair hair designer for uh, Black Canary. Uh-huh. She's done hair for like Solange, for Janelle Monae, for Zoe Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's one of the things that uh, you know has come up a lot, like within the last couple years of like Black women in particular on mm-hmm. sets, mm-hmm. like having someone who actually knows how to dress their hair and having someone who knows how to manage and work with their hair Mm -hmm. uh, is something that doesn't happen a lot. And so for like Journey to have that ability to bring on someone that she Mm -hmm. trusts, someone that she's worked with before, someone that knows what she's doing, it really showed like, and like, cause her hair was beautiful. It's so awesome. (laughs) Kind of all of the material that's interwoven into it, all of the kind of gold highlights. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, like it was like three different like styles. There was like some dreads in there. There was some braids in there. And then like some of it was like just down and it like all like came together to look like so awesome. (laughs) She looked like a woman who worked at a club and was like, like, like had it together. Yes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and uh, I love this version of Black Canary too. I think it was really great. I hope mm-hmm. she appears in the Suicide Squad movie that's coming. There's an, oh, they're making oh, another they're, one they're, of those? They are, but it's going to be helmed by, um, uh, he just got rehired for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy again. James Gunn? James, James Gunn is going to be. Oh. So James Gunn is going to be oh. doing the new Suicide Squad movie. Okay. Su- Suicide Squad, right. now more problematic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't know how it could get more problematic, yeah. but that might have been part of my thing with this movie. Is I was coming out of, I I came in with low expectations because of how much I disliked Suicide Squad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that movie is terrible, and I didn't. I intentionally didn't watch anything or see. You know, I hadn't watched the trailer. I knew nothing about what this movie was about. So I was expecting Suicide Squad two. That's why I was <laughs> yeah. so delighted to be like, oh, this is not that bad. Going back to costumes, Huntress. Her, I love the way they designed her, where it's clear she made her own costume, oh. and it kind of sucks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I loved the entire oh. thing of Huntress's character. They like, call me. So I like her practicing <laughs> in the mirror. Yeah, like, she's such a badass, but she can't really like follow she's, through with it. Yeah, and she's like socially awkward. Yes. And, like, socially awkward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to say whether she was a bad actress or if that was a choice, and I was like, no, this is a no, choice. it was a choice. It was, a choice. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. a great choice. I too. Like, it too, like yeah. her just being like, yeah, because she was like, her family was killed at a young age. She was raised by assassins, like, and just like by herself, pretty much. So yeah, she's not gonna have like the social nuances of like no. everyday life. And so yeah, anytime she's like interacting with the rest of them, she's just like, yeah. <laughs> And, and it shows in her costume design. Like, she has all those great jokes of talking to the mirrors or saying, but it shows in her costume design because it's wannabe cool, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's, it's really slapdash. Yeah. Like kind of, she's cosplay of herself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that's perfect. <laughs> Which is so great. Yes. Self cosplay. Oh, okay. I'll do this, please. <laughs> you know, that's going to be like 
the go-to <laughs> tall DC fan person. Just, yeah, the, the, like, no. just to end like the awkward, like, no, I just have this bike mask on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like their version of the stormtrooper now. Yeah. So I'm going to wear this Huntress bike mask. Yeah. I don't want to talk to people at this conference. <laughs> but I really want to be here. But I really want to be here. Yeah, I, and, well, okay, Rosie Perez, right? Yes. yes. A shout out to her agent who got that. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, she was great as Detective Montoya. Uh, and that brings me to the other point that I have was like, I just love how queer this movie is. Oh, too. Yes. Like we get like confirmation of like Harley Quinn's bisexuality right mm-hmm. off the bat. Mm-hmm. We get like uh, Montoya who is like uh, Ali Wong is like the D- the assistant DA and is like her ex-girlfriend. Yeah, Ali Wong's like, like, am I in this movie? <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> Every time the camera was, was on her. Ali Wong was in this movie because she's barely in this movie. Yeah. Buying stuff on Amazon while talking. <laughs> <laughs> looks like she's on her phone. She's like, oh, it's she's my like line. Groceries. <laughs> she's so out of it. I'm just hoping she'll get her own spin-off movie. That's what I kept thinking. It was like Gotham Law. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun. Yeah. I would watch that. I would watch that. Yeah, that was like a DC Universe TV yeah, show. Gotham, it was like, I mean, yeah. they, they Ali introduced to me like a police detective like the police captain who's the like oh, I'm one day away from retirement type of guy like, <laughs> oh, yeah Rosie Perez phenomenal yeah I loved her yeah yeah, yeah. I think she did I like her. I was like, more Rosie Perez. I was like, why haven't I seen See, more Rosie yes. Perez lately? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the year my cousin Vinny people get their, like, I'll get their comeback They're coming and Harvey yeah. Weinstein goes down, they yeah. rise. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, can we talk about the action scenes? Yes. Yes. The same uh, person who did John Wick, right? Yeah. And he's in it. Who is he? He's the guy that when she j- breaks the legs backwards oh, and so jumps good. on him, he's oh. the stunt coordinator for John Wick. Okay, so yes. that police lockup scene, I, like, I think it made the movie for yes. me. I just left thinking like, it's it's like very John Wickian in which they like get they go further and further into these like weird things and also they're like hmm, let's place this scene in a room full of weird props yes. yeah right? <laughs> which I was like sure I'm down like, yeah this it's is go for it the clown right. aesthetic of just like pulling shit out of a bag got a bat there's <laughs> a car here there's a door there's a bat yeah. there's a chainsaw as far as they didn't get one of those like um those like you know boxing glove punch gun things yeah, you know, right. that, like, yeah. Out. yeah. 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 Like, they should have one of those right I mean I guess they can't be that on the nose. <laughs> the mallet at the end and yes. she's using the, the bat, bat in that scene which mm-hmm. is very mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. it's like it's like also it's like the the like frame of action especially the scene where she does like the kick over yes. but it also has this like great moment where it's like okay um, how do we get out of this Cocaine. Yes. <laughs> I think it was meth. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't know, but like, I think. I thought it was cocaine too, because I did love that part where like she's like ducked down behind the whole wall of drugs and they're shooting it and then like it's in the air and then like she sniffs and you see her eyes. Go yeah. 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 It's an amazing yep. Margot Robbie performance moment. Like, yeah. It's like Popeye. I've seen enough Breaking Bad. Exactly. It just looks like there was like a lot of like crystally like shattering. <laughs> oh man what I love about this stunt coordinator <clears throat> is it like similar he took Keanu Reeves and figured out how Keanu Reeves moves yes and like did the 
uh, stunts to play to his strengths. Yeah. There's this, there's one moment, I don't know if I, I want to watch it just on repeat, like can someone please make a gif of it for uh-huh. me, where it's, uh, there's like a jail cell in the background and she steps up the jail cell, does a full ice skater flip yeah. onto, you know, uh, whatever that's called. Pirouette. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't know. Oh, what is it skating in words. Skating yeah. Axel or something. Alex, like, not Alex, 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 Exactly. She so it's did, a nod yeah. to that because she did all that training and so she does one of those flips into him. There's a scene where she just like splits her legs in half and flips him over, right? So, and you can see that it's her doing a lot of the, maybe not the super complicated stunting, but she is doing a lot of it like yeah. they do yeah. with John Wick, right? She did yeah. do like the majority of her stunt work. Exactly. So that uh, of a stunt, of a, a choreographer who can understand how someone moves and mm-hmm. build all of it around that and then pull in cool props and do yeah. It. yeah yeah it was like fun to watch yeah. even when it was gory yeah. <laughs> which was very john wick oh john yes. wick yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. you're like oh god <laughs> and, the, and the amount of corn that they broke to make this movie there just would just be a pile of corn from all the broken bones we're gonna go forwards and backwards and forwards on that knee yeah <laughs> oh yeah that was <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I actually just watched uh, John Wick 3 for the first yeah, time same. the night before I saw this. Yep. Uh-huh. And so it was like, it was great to like see kind of like some of that like translate in terms of the the cutting of the action was like, which was like, there was a lot of like long takes on the action uh-huh. as opposed to like the MCU thing of like literally one move like within like five seconds will be like 10 cuts and you're yes. just like yes. <laughs> the, the Jason Bourne style of yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it's because they're cutting around the fact that the, none of those performers can do any of these stunts yeah. right? so to, to really embrace it in those long cuts like takes a lot of stuff there's right. the scene where um, Huntress is coming down the like uh, tube oh, oh yes. yes and like jumps onto the top oh yeah and then bam 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 oh, I love it love it the stab amount of stabbing the stabbing in this, oh, in oh yeah so satisfying the, the kill bill moment when she's like coming out right it's like the kill bill where she's coming out of being tranquilized yes right? oh yeah, yeah. She's totally she's like taking the trank yeah and she just stabbing. has like one arm and she just stabs him a little bit with a trank and then the, does one more I, I, there was actually a lot of people in the movie theater when i saw it and it was like it was me laughing really hard at that and i was like oh i'm a bad person <laughs> oh we were laughing yeah oh there, like okay. our theater actually was like there were like people were laughing at like the beats that were meant to be laughed at yeah. and it was good <laughs> I felt dark. I was like, oh, it's so good. Oh, God. Okay, y'all are bringing me around. I'm, gonna, I'm going to have to watch this movie again from a more po- positive standpoint yes. because I was going into it being like, DC movies. <laughs> Put on your fabulous hat and watch it. Right. You're not saying it's a masterpiece. Mm, no, no. It's, it's a lot of fun is what it is. And I think, like you said, it's, it's not like high art cinema <laughs> it's just like it's a fun movie where like a bunch of badass women kick ass yeah. <laughs> my, my friend who saw it uh, in um, Chicago texted me and he was like there's gonna be so much drag from this movie yeah. <laughs> and he's like all oh, the little like queer yeah. like seven year old boys are gonna dress as this yes. and they're like uncle will let them watch it yep. like, I wanna be Harley Quinn I wanna be Harley Quinn just watch this is like that Harley Quinn jacket will be like the, yes. the high end oh it's gonna be a hot topic Halloween. it probably already is <laughs> yeah Probably already, already actually, a rack of them the, at Hot Topic. Yeah, right you can buy her necklace at Hot Topic. I looked that up. Oh, the, the Bruce one? Yeah, the one that has like all the trinkets on oh, it. Oh, oh yeah. You can buy that at Hot Topic. Not that I looked it up, but I did. <laughs> did you order it? 
Ah, oh, no, I just ordered something else stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Bruce, I wish the hyena got more time, but greed. Uh, but I mean, well it's probably a budget thing because yeah. uh, in the originally she has two hyenas, so yeah, I don't think they had the budget for like two CGI hyenas, mm-hmm. and then also to have it do like action sequences probably would have taken a lot, but. I would have loved to have seen some hyena action, especially after again John Wick three, where we get like Halle Berry's dogs, like or yes. like oh, yeah. like it, like helping her in her combat, and it was like such an amazing like scene of like every that, that's the best part about like those John Wick movies is like you're just like how are they gonna take this up to the next level, and they do it every time and they do yes. it really well. <laughs> they always add something that's just like, like there's going to perfect. be another action sequence in the next John Wick that you're like holy crap yeah. was- like I've never seen this before yeah. and thank goodness we've moved away from just aping like Hong Kong action movies from the 80s right, right. like we have a whole new vocabulary and it's gonna keep getting better oh yeah it's so good yeah. Yeah. So, but, to, yeah. but to get back to what you were talking about with the hyenas and like the two of them that's in the animated series like yeah. so when Harley Quinn like breaks up with the Joker in the animated series she steals two hyenas from it <laughs> I, that's awesome I love that hyena I think I I just like want I like you I want more of it there's this there's these photographs from the early 2000s that I've always been obsessed with and they're of these Nigerian gangsters that had actual hyenas as like their pets and this mm-hmm. photo- photographer took all these photographs of them and they had these beautiful this is me being text like woven chains that they had like made out of like mega ropes because they had to have extra thick ropes because they're hyenas yes. right, right? <laughs> and uh, I was always like that is the most badass thing I've ever seen so then when I saw they were going to have like a CGI hyena for this I was like yes please <laughs> yes. Um, and I think it could have been bigger I think a real hyena would be even scarier and bigger uh... right I think they made it dog scale I'm not sure if the scale is right she's hyenas also, are giant she's terrifying. also very petite That's so true. maybe they scaled it so it didn't like physically overpower they her they could have really blown the budget on the hyena I would have been okay with it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if there was like a better DC version of like DC plus there'd be like a like a hyena spinoff show <laughs> like the hyena in the woodchuck could have their own like, I would fever. watch that <laughs> me if, too if there was a spinoff show that's just about Harley and her hyena like I would watch that show. I know, right? And I know there's a Harley. An- there's a new Harley animated show yeah. that I haven't seen. Yeah. Maybe the hyenas are in there. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. They swear in it. <laughs> the hyenas swear. No, the or cartoon. The- oh, oh, it's, oh, yeah. like a, it's, it's like an adult a, cartoon. It's like yeah. an adult cartoon that's on the DC app. Oh. It's like you know, if you have a friend, somebody must know someone. Yeah, yeah it's definitely <laughs> TV <Somebody's> password. <laughs> <laughs> My mom doesn't subscribe to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the movie starts with the with um, it's a man's world, mm-hmm. right? And then that just becomes the through line of the score for the mm-hmm. whole movie. I thought that was such a smart choice, right? And it never fully takes over the score, but I, I really, I just I like that as a smart opening, similar to the animation, just like good choices, good choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I like that. There's a Doja Cat. Do you like Doja Cat? Oh yeah, the Doja yeah. Cat song that's on the soundtrack. Is it? Is I'm it a boss. queen bitch? Uh, it's a... Bad bitch? Queen bad bitch? Boss bitch? Boss, boss, boss bitch. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Yeah. I also yeah. like every Doja Cat song. So. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, that one. And then the... Uh, yeah, Megan the Stallion and Normani. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was like Stallion. at the end. The yes. Diamonds. Yes. Uh, yeah, we talked about like the Diamonds are a girl's best friend part where like, she's wearing the same dress from Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Yeah. It's like but this it's... whole dream sequence. It's like got the really cool dance element going on to it. And like in the scene before or two scenes before when... They first 
first are talking about Cassandra Kane, mm-hmm. like Margot shows up at the police office doing a Marilyn Monroe voice. Yes. <laughs> and the right. character in yes. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes is Candy Kane. Oh, yeah. right. And they've altered the famous iconic Marilyn Monroe dress to be a pantsuit. I don't know. Again, I, I was just watching the design this whole movie. <laughs> Sorry. So like taking the dress and kind of tweaking it ever so slightly so that she can move better in it. <laughs> I like that they had I Hate Myself for Loving You as the mm-hmm. theme for the kind of breakup section. I'm smart, fun. I loved the breakup of the, like, the impulsiveness of Harley Quinn where she sees the tanker truck out front she decides I'm just gonna crash this into Joker's hideout yes and like all the fireworks are going off it was really cool yeah unhinged chaos yeah this movie is wonderfully unhinged and I yeah I love that about it I think we all have an ex that we would like to run a you know tractor trailer into (laughs) and walk away in slow motion with those uh Those chemical explosions, just like bright colors. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh my god! Um, can we talk about how, like, okay, Gotham City has an abandoned pier and an abandoned amusement park? It feels like Gotham's like had a heyday of amusement parks. Probably. Yeah. I'm always like, whenever, even when I read the comic, I'm always like, okay, another one. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, there's always an abandoned amusement park. Because, yeah, that's like in uh, what the killing joke. That's yes. where yes, the Joker the takes Barbara, uh, Barbara. Well, no, he, that's where he, he takes um, Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner there. Gordon. Yeah. yeah, like the like House of Horrors. And yeah, there's a lot of abandoned things in yeah, and Gotham in the, City. Yeah, and in the Tim Burton films, there's always there's one. Yep. There's one in the yep. in its Arctic world. Yes. Which is basically in Central Park, which is strange. Yes. But in, in the Arkham games, there's like three different abandoned amusement parks. Again, it's that carnival esque, <laughs> like, like everything's unhinged. Love it. I loved the um uh, the no look glitter shot that she did, oh, right? Oh, yes. Shooting yes. glitter at everyone, shooting rose petal. Ah, oh, just yeah. for a rated R movie, and then they chose to do that action scene where she didn't. It was sort of like fluffy. It was like sort of like a like unicorn violence. I guess I'm gonna yeah. call it like right unicorn violence. Yeah. Can we just like copyright like the yeah, rainbow yeah, right? shooting like the rainbow shooting unicorn? Like, yes. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, shooting rainbows. Yeah, it had that aesthetic. Yeah, like rainbows. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, I want like. 10 year olds to see this and she's like she's also I wonder I just wonder about that discussion it's like we can't have her go into a police station and murder all the police officers yep. so what if we make it unicorn Court. violence <laughs> <laughs> so just, you heard it here first I think you just <laughs> oh my gosh it's beautiful it's like I really barfing toilet like, realism oh, I really unicorn. love the like exploding glitter and the gun oh god it's yep. beautiful yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, I think we can just keep going, and we'll, I think we've like, probably already gotten into some spoilers at this yeah. point. So. And oh, did we? We're, we're already past spoilers. No, no. It's, you, sometimes we break it up, but yeah. at this point, it's just like, uh. So, yeah, I think, uh, again, the last, like, when they finally get together as, like, the birds of prey. Oh, right. Uh, which is, like, they've come together. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so, because the, the whole premise of the movie is they're all kind of, like, in their, like, different places, um, and Cassandra Kane, the young pickpocket, has stolen this diamond that Black Mask is trying to get so that way he can find these codes to get the... <laughs> this is the part of the movie. Yeah. Early, early on this the movie, it was like, fuck you with this DC I mean, it, it's a villain shit. plot. Come on. When has <laughs> a villain plot, plot ever just but been like, like straightforward? It has like 
laser etched and coded inside of it the like location of the family fortune or wait something. you the james bond diehard oh, right right you're trying to defend james bond movies as a problem with, the, a problem with the villain, villain plot. <laughs> <laughs> i realize my hypocrisy <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they they're trying to get this diamond, which um, Huntress is. Uh, she's like the last surviving member of the Bertinelli family, and she is trying to re- fight, take revenge out uh, for her family because they were killed by another gang family. Which I think goes back to would have been nice to have some more backstory for Black mm-hmm. Mask because that would have been an interesting like kind of. Uh, like parallel for their characters right. of like these two yeah. crime families, which they they dip into a little bit of saying, well, like, oh, well, Black Mass was the person who hired all these people to kill your family, and it was just kind of like an offhanded kind of <laughs> side like, comment. You also have to kill Black Mass. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, oh yeah. By the way, like yeah, Renee Montoya is like, oh yeah. So no, you actually should stay because actually he's the one who really was responsible for all of this. She really is a bad cop. <laughs> she actually is a bad cop. She's like, she's like, you should also kill this one. <laughs> You've already killed all these other guys, so yeah. I'm not going to arrest you. We're just going to kill this other one. <laughs> well, because she's suspended at that point because sure. that's when cops get shit done. Yeah. Well, she, <laughs> they, they are making a joke out of that, that she like grew up on bad 80s cop movies. Yeah. Yeah. She, she thinks of herself as the like character in a bad 80s cop movie. Yeah, and then she that's who she is in this movie. <laughs> which is yeah. great yeah she's like gets suspended she's like has the hand over like, your gun and badge your bed and gun. <laughs> she, she has the I'm gonna pack up everything on my desk and walk out moment like it really oh, is yeah, every really, cop yeah. cliche yeah love it uh, and then Black Canary who has been like a lounge singer in Black Mask Club for years um, she is seen fighting when she protects Harley Quinn from being assaulted after she gets wasted after breaking up with the Joker and then she becomes his driver and then becomes the informant for uh, <laughs> Detective Montoya. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, and so, she had something to do. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> so it's she like all converging do. around like trying to like get Cassandra Kane to get this diamond and of course, she swallowed it because that's what you do with a diamond. That won't do any harm no, to your intestinal tract on its way out. It's going to be fun if you yeah. swallow a diamond. It's not going to cut all of your insides open. Yeah. I mean, also, then it made like poop part of the plot. Which yeah, is really, which is fun. really like, oh, I, so love it. I love it. I love it. Buying all these laxatives, and the, but the best joke is like, if that burrito doesn't make, yeah. you know, I don't know what's going to. Get the colander. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why, like, I think that um, the whole like third act of them getting together, or them not getting together into the third act, uh, I didn't mind so much because they were kind of like revolving around each other in interesting mm-hmm. ways, mm-hmm. Uh, and they were kind of, like, you know, Black Canary. Like, everyone knows who Harley Quinn is because she's Harley Quinn and she's the Joker's ex girlfriend, right? And so, like, I love her relationship with uh, Black Canary, where she's just like. Oh well, like this is why everyone fucking hates you, like because <laughs> you're a fucking dick, Harley. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the when they finally do get together in that like abandoned amusement park, one of many within Gotham City. It's <laughs> like who are the urban planners? <laughs> it's the amusement mile, which is one of the best locations in Arkham City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
license plate is like land of a thousand abandoned music music. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the sign in front of the town yeah. like, as you enter Gotham. It's like a cracked funhouse mirror on it. I mean, if that was in reality, the city would just be full of um, influencers. There's <laughs> like, lots of Instagram models yeah. Yeah. everywhere. <laughs> That would have been good if they killed some influencers in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pay for this meal, but I'm going to post about it on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting you with the glitter gun. <laughs> you hit the glitter gun. Um, Excuse me, I have 10,000 followers on Instagram, and they're growing every day. I didn't get that shot with the glitter gun. Could you, like, shoot me again? <laughs> I want to make a boomerang. <laughs> Speaking of, there was that uh, poster of Boomerang in, oh, the, yeah. in, in the jail when she was go, when she was in there. She's like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> I knew that had to be an Easter egg to something. Yeah. I, did I didn't know, know what it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was Boomerang from the Suicide Squad. I think squad. it's like setting up that he oh. escaped the Suicide Squad prison that's unescapable or something. <laughs> which apparently, whatever, it's good. Jai Courtney, is that his name? No, no, he wasn't Boomerang. Uh, yeah, it was Boomerang. No, Boomerang was the Australian guy. Oh, yeah. No, wasn't that Jai Courtney? No. Okay, I'm so confused. Oh, wait, no, no. I'm thinking of uh, Michael Jai White. That was Jai Courtney. Who okay, was okay, okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I think I know who Jai Courtney, Courtney is. is. <laughs> no, no, I know. I might have Googled that name recently. <laughs> For no reason. For no reason whatsoever. No, I was thinking of Michael Jai Courtney, who is Black Dynamite. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So they finally get together, and I love that scene. The slide, like the slide down into like the bouncy house mm-hmm. castle, like mi- like house of mirrors, like area that's just like all of these things in one open, yeah. another open concept thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Open concept basement of abandoned, you know. Uh, it's a video game. It is. Yeah, they're levels. Yeah, yeah. Very much was, and there was like an earlier scene when like they are springing the jail cells open. And like all the guys are coming out, like this is just a bonus level in Arkham Asylum. Like I, I have played this. And I love how they're all trying to protect Cassandra, like in oh, that yeah. scene of like not only protect her from the people who are trying to kill her, but like protect her from like the ultra violence that's going happening. on. Yeah. yeah. And that the, she's on that Harley's on roller skates, that the platform is moving, there are all these dis- <laughs> severed on hands. Skates, and then they make a comment on it. It's like, when did she have time to change shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. like, yeah, when did she have time to change shoes? <laughs> Starland Express, that like 70s, like oh, Starlight, Starlight Express. Starlight Express. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that's the what Andrew this is. Like, yeah. the Andrew <laughs> which is a bunch of people on roller skates who are portraying uh, sentient trains. How did he have a job for so long? I, I, know, I don't I, get it either. Yeah, I just don't get it. Andrew. Yeah. The 80s. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a lot of cocaine. Everyone's just, yeah. Cocaine. <laughs> Why did cats run for a thousand years on Broadway? <laughs> Everyone was just like, yeah, cocaine, that's the best idea ever. Let's not put any additional thought into it. It's yeah, a musical out. that has no plot. Yeah. And we're going to make a movie out of it. <laughs> I think it's still running in Branson, Missouri, that like Starline Express or whatever. You know, Starlight. Starlight, Starlight Express. Express. Yeah. yeah. I had to have my. 
my husband is, uh, went to musical did musical theater in undergrad, and I had this like, can you explain? <gasps> didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Um, I... <laughs> God, I shouldn't be podcasting that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, will you explain like the appeal of this to me? Because yeah. I'm always like, I don't like I this. Don't... I don't like so, these Andrew so, Lloyd Webber things. Yeah. Mm. Most Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, I can't explain. That. Yeah. <laughs> so there's what... Phantom. I yeah, still sure. don't... Yeah. So what did Jed say? What did, what he was, was like, so they wanted to like basically make a Las Vegas show that was a theater show. Because at the uh, time it was like they wanted to... And it basically became the model for what Vegas did. Like the people who made that play ended up making a lot of the first big Vegas shows. Uh, so it became this model of like, how do you make like a crazy set where the ooh. set is the character? Right. That's the idea because you're like inside of a pinball machine mm-hmm. but they're roller skating, skating. and they're trains but they're yeah. trains okay <laughs> yeah, whatever sure. 80s yeah. <laughs> I mean whatever oh wow <laughs> that's, that's a sidebar yeah 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 no 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 <laughs> we never do those here we, we, never, we never go off topic we're, we're we'll always bring you on for a whole nother podcast where we just talk about Andrew Lloyd Webber yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll just be like I please don't, don't make it. me watch Andrew Lloyd Webber I'll be like we don't get it you're already gonna make me watch Thomas Gunk Forrest Gump. Oh, that <laughs> what? We are going to make you watch no, Forrest Gump. No, that's yeah. so I apologize yeah. for the fact that we're going to make you watch Forrest Gump. I hate that movie. So yeah, we're much. doing a like a whole series on like we like movies we hate, and oh, so yeah. this is going to be one of them. Yeah, oh, I have to come back God. for that. Uh, we want to watch Forrest Gump again. I mean, I could. I already watched it quite a few times as a young person. Yes, so I was yeah. like, as a child, that was one of my favorite movies. Also, then it really just dis- did disrupt my. Uh, high school education when I'd be in history classes and I'd be like learning things thinking like oh yeah Forrest Gump <laughs> <laughs> he was responsible for the civil rights movement yeah that's, that's, that's a good point yeah, this, this white simpleton is responsible for so much I actually did write like you had to do like you know how the history teacher's like okay guys this is the creative assignment of the semester right. no more boring papers and their creative assignment was to basically make a scene from Forrest Gump like you had to yep. write like a new scene of Forrest Gump with like whatever history we're in. and I had like oh ancient Rome and I was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like mine was about like Herodotus is developing the like medical oh oath <laughs> Hippocrates Hippocrates whatever do you I didn't still have right. it? no I'm sure uh, I mean I'm sure it's in my mom's basement somewhere right. I, mean, I think that might be worth pulling out Vermont basements are full of like 6th grade papers yes they are yes, they between are. writing things like in order to cure your plague you should like strap the urine of a virgin oh, yeah. to yourself and then mm-hmm. put it in some mud and rub that on your sores and you'll mm-hmm. be better at look you're that, staring a whole kind of stuff new, that I'm Hippocrates gonna go home and google this wrote. later oh yeah because <laughs> most of my research was like murder and stuff yeah, yeah. like, like if, if you have the plague strap a chicken to your arm <laughs> until it dies and then yeah there's a podcast called Sawbones that's about the history oh, of medicine. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like, have to yeah, stop just... listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, back to birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we're inside the, we're inside the like, carnival amusement park, right? Yeah. And uh, when, uh, so we talked about like when they're sliding down uh, mm-hmm. and Huntress like does that like, like jumps up stops herself as like one of the henchmen is coming down and then just like stabbing him in the face and i do love that moment where they're like talking uh and huntress is like getting riled up and canary is like she's got rage issues (laughs) she's like i don't have rage issues (laughs) and then she very clearly has rage issues she very clearly does i love in that scene where they have the you know kind of 
female heads with the tongues. Oh, oh yeah. Jumping from one to one, yeah. using the hands to slap people, oh, right? There's yeah. so many disembodied women in this, oh, like yeah. as production design, which I, I would guess is kind of some sort of nod to Vertigo, like the opening of Vertigo, oh, yeah. of like piecemealing up the women's body. And that this is like in... Um, uh, what's his Black Masks Lair yeah. or oh, yeah. Club? There's that crazy, uh, like, cutout window that has a, like, I don't know if it were actually built, it would be like 50 foot tall woman. And it's just, she's she's headless. It's just the back of her shoulders. And then her arms are like both in and outside this cutout. It's crazy, right? At one point, Harley Quinn is talking to um, a mannequin head that has the yeah. hands over the eyes, right? During the kind of the drug she's sequence. Like wasted, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Her messy bachelorette party moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like pulling pills. Like she like tastes one. She's like, oh, I don't like that one. Put it back and like takes another one. Puking <laughs> in like, other women's purse. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. Her puke was really green and beautiful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Again, wonderful design. <laughs> and then, like, Th- that's another puking. We have another puking movie. We got yeah. puking toilet realism. And then another like little violence. moment that was like when they're fighting was uh, Canary's like fighting and she's like her hair is like getting in her face. <laughs> yeah, and then like Harley brings her a hair, hair tie. tie. Yeah, that was like, so cute. Yeah. I love that hair tie. Yeah. Just like such a cute little moment of just like, yeah, you you can't fight with all that hair in your face. (laughs) She's just like shaking it out. At the very beginning, Carly's like cutting her hair and then crying about it. (laughs) Oh yeah, she's like cut because it's like that. Yeah, that like emotional breakdown. I'm gonna like cut my hair and that's gonna be like liberate me. And then she like looks at it and she's just like. Yeah, this this movie it it does a lot of things like it does a lot of things right, and it's a really really just fun time. <laughs> could, they could have given Cassandra Kane something to do in that action scene though, because it keeps cutting to her and she's kind of giving like peekaboo face. She's like, ooh, <laughs> scary, ooh, scary. I was like, what is she doing? Yeah, here? Made her something besides the MacGuffin that she basically she, is. She was yeah. she was basically yeah yeah. 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 <laughs> she was like a vessel, yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. 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 Like, um, yeah. I, should we talk about Victor? Victor Zaz. Okay, why did he have to wear a shirt ever? I mean, <laughs> if they were gonna do that style, because in the comic he never wears a shirt. And, and also, you see he's, his why does he have hair? Oh, that's right. He's I mean, all the way up his head. He, yeah, mm. he's supposed to be bald, and like you see all those like stars that he's cut into himself, like all over his body, because mm. that's his whole deal. Mm-hmm. He's a serial killer, right? I mean, it's also Christmasina, so like I don't mind. He can kind of do whatever he wants. Yeah. Like, just look at him. Yep. <laughs> Which goes back to like, why was he wearing a shirt? Ever? Exactly. No, yes, and exactly. This to that, to that point. Emancipated movie we should have had a little bit of female gaze. Yes. <laughs> Free him from the shirt, please. Free him from the shirt. <laughs> Sorry, big diplomatic. <laughs> no, it's fine. We can objectify men. That's yes. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We do that a lot on this podcast. But that, that was like the. Victor Zaz being a henchman working for Black Mask was one of the Batman things that balked me beginning early on. I was like, Zaz doesn't work as a henchman for guys. He's like a psychopath killer. Like this, but it's fine. Yeah, you know? I like the toxic relationship component of it. Right, but I, yeah. I, I, I like that they added that in. That was like it was like I don't know. It was funny that the show had both like queer context and queer subtext mm-hmm. like the male queerness was like a subtext between those two characters but then there was like 
like blatant like queer women that were in the film and they had to like have those like strange little exchanges i don't know yeah well and then like also kind of like the like misogyny of like this like gay character who's like uh like very much that kind of like ew vagina like type of like <laughs> yes. of like where it's like it's like because that's like when she's talking about like oh she's going through all these different characters and like their grievances against her oh, right, like yes. there's like like when it's like talking about like uh, black mass like one of them is like one having a vagina. Other grievances for someone else that they kill is the eggplant emoji with a line through it, right? Yeah. That, like she wouldn't give it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's his grievance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that like uh like at the end when he's like rallying all of his troops and he's like, Men of Gotham, like he's like, you know, pretty much like, Yeah, we've gotta like take shit back from these bitches. Like, yep. yeah, like <laughs> it was like a men's rights rally. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. guys being like what is, are they going to make a movie about men? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about this is like now that we have this, um, we're not able to make any more superhero movies about men. Like that's how that's how the rules <laughs> work. It's the same thing. It's, it's um, the same way that they broke Ghostbusters. How like, yeah. Ghostbusters can't ever be the same because so, they made a yeah. Ghostbusters movie that has women in it. Yeah. So now we're so never. It's, it's the yeah. greatest outrage of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that movie. <laughs> yeah, I liked it too. too. I saw it like three times in the theater. Yeah. People would be like, have you seen it yet? And it's like, no, I'll go with you. It's the summer. Let's go. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good movie. And guys, guess what? The first Ghostbusters, it's not that good. <laughs> I actually really love Ghostbusters too. I do too. I yeah. love Mod. that movie. Oh, yes. yes. The like, painting that comes alive yes. and the purple. The Scourge of Moldavia. Oh, yeah. The Sorrow of Garbathia. The Statue of Life. Yeah. And they're like walking across the city. Yeah. An art historian is the villain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that we get like the canary cry with oh, yeah. uh, Harley Quinn like riding the wave like, yes. <laughs> of the canary cry. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a fun moment. Oh, yeah. uh, I hope we get more of the, these characters. I, I, I hope we get a sequel. I hope we get... Them and other DC movies. I hope we get just better DC movies in general. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening well, to this, go Wonder see Woman it. 1984 coming out. Yes. So that's oh. gonna be. Did you see the uh, Kristen Wiig is, uh what's her name? Cheetah. Che- is it Cheetara? I'm thinking of uh, Thundercats now. <laughs> but I did not know that Kristen Wiig is in it. That's yeah. Yeah. She's great. the villain. She's the villain. She's one of the villains. Yeah. Hopefully they don't make that DC mistake where they're like, how many villains can we put in this movie? <laughs> exactly. Too many Snopes. Oh my God. Yeah. Batman v Superman was just like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> it was Batman v Superman. Now it's Batman and Superman versus Doomsday. And also Wonder Woman is here. Okay. Yeah. Well, also Doomsday's here in like the last 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After Batman has already fought, there's so much about that. I, okay, well, I did not see that movie. Let's put it out of her mind. Yeah, yeah. Just like, move on. Well, Justice League did the same Seriously thing where don't. it was like, oh, well, yeah. we're going to fight yeah. Superman for a second here, but then also the villain is. Yeah. Steppenwolf. Question mark. Oh, Steppenwolf. Yeah. <laughs> not that guy from the 70s, not the 70s Steppenwolf. No. <laughs> no. Not the band Steppenwolf or the theater company. Yeah. <laughs> they gonna do dance <laughs> so we got john malkovich showing up <laughs> Here's I, niece. Yep. I will say that like in the in the recent thread of i will say this movie is not perfect but in the recent thread of superhero movies 
even Wonder Woman has the like terrible CGI masterpiece ending, which I absolutely (laughs) hate. I'm so tired of it. Wonder Woman is so good until it gets all CGI Zack Snyder. Oh my God. You're like, what is going on? But this movie, (laughs) the the death of the villain, spoiler alert, was just like, (laughs) 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 should have had that sound effect. (laughs) When Black Mask is killed, it's like, you can blink and miss it. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, it's cartoonish and lovely. Oh, yeah. He yeah. explodes. Oh, he just yes. explodes. <laughs> and it's show it. And it, it's so grotesque, but it's, yep. it's so, and everybody like, laughed, even at my uptight theater, people laughed at that one. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think a chunk of it hits the camera lens. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's the Deadpool influence. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Uh, uh, one other thing that I had was, I love, uh, Harley Quinn when she's like writing up her business cards and like some oh, of the yes. things she has on there. Yes. Uh, Hitman, Dog Walker, uh, Psychotherapist, and then like, Mercy, 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 Yeah, Life Coach, Finder of Lost Things. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, the ultimate multi-hyphenate. Yes. <laughs> when she's like, and then when she's captured by Black Mask and she's like, get my business card out of my pocket. <laughs> Yeah, do we have any more notes on it? Um, I wanted to talk briefly about where um, Harley Quinn, or like the term Harley Quinn, Harlequin, comes from. Um, when you think of Harlequin, you're thinking of a, uh, in America, you're thinking of a type of clown. Uh, that clown comes from the Commedia dell'arte, which was uh, Italian theater form, which I have this right now, when it was like the 16th to 18th century. Um, but if you like sketch comedy, if you like improv, if you like any of that stuff, you have uh, Commedia dell'arte to thank for it. So yep, it was all that's these, where it comes from. These stock characters and like kind of stock stories, but it was always be improvised around. But Harlequino is one of those characters. Harlequino is the foolish servant. Like the foolish, ambitious servant, but like the one who's always fucking it up for the master. Like Carlichino is always the one who's like making the big mistake, and that's where all the comedy and the drama and the drama comes from. Is that Harlequino messed everything up? Good to know. Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> I think the one thing I want to say is that I love the uh, Easter egg of Arlene Sorkin. Did you see her? She was on she the was TV. It. She was on the TV. It was a shot from Days of Our Lives that was on the TV in the bedroom. I can't remember which one, but it was when she was like But it's a, a clown shot of Arlene Sorkin when she <clears throat> was Who is on the voice of Harley Quinn on the animated series? Oh, that's awesome. And but she was the inspiration for Harley Quinn yeah, in the animated. And she's series, in yeah. the the Harley Quinn outfit on like Days of Our Lives in the TV in the background. I missed oh. that. Oh my god. I was like so cool. good deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was another thing I was going to talk about was like Arlene Sorkin, who was this actress on Days of Our Lives, but um, the Paul Dini, who was the comic book writer for Batman, but also ran the animated series, like loved Arlene Sorkin in a way. So he like created this character around her and her voice, which was where Harley Quinn originated from Ooh. within the animated series. Very That's cool. awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think yeah those deep cuts and little Easter eggs. I feel like. It's not like a perfect movie, but it's definitely a movie that you can tell like everyone that's in this movie is into this movie. Like mm-hmm. everyone is like invested in the story that they're telling and having fun with it. And yeah. it seems like the type of set that probably like everyone like got along on. Like sure. everyone like it seems like probably like came away from this like very like friendly. It's yeah, it just seems like a really everyone had a good time. It it's crazy that 
okay, so to make this, Margot Robbie had to make Suicide Squad first. So she had the script for this movie first mm-hmm. and presented it. And they were like, mm, I don't know if this like all women superhero movie thing is going to run. <laughs> so they made her, they were like, well, but we will cast you in Suicide Squad. So this movie is actually kind of conceptually much older than Suicide Squad. This is what she came to them with. And they're like, no, no, no. Suicide Squad must be made first. <laughs> yeah. oh, God. So, so we can thank uh, Margot Robbie for this movie, but we also have to blame Margot Robbie for Jared Leto's insufferable Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was just like I don't even remember him. Yeah, <laughs> he just needs to go. Away. I wonder how he feels now that there's this like another great portrayal, a third great, great portrayal, portrayal of Joker, and he's like definitely below Cesar Romero, <laughs> 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 like a man who wouldn't shave his mustache. <laughs> he wouldn't shave his mustache, so they just put the makeup over it. <laughs> Jared Leto. Oh, oh, Jared Leto. But he's going to be so good in Morpheus, I bet. <laughs> Is he going to do the, like, I'm so method, I'm going to send my co-stars, like, nasty packages and shit because oh, I'm God. method. He's going to be on a raw diet. It's gonna... <laughs> he's going to be drinking blood. He's, just gonna... <laughs> oh, he's like, I've been sleeping upside down for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get into character. Oh, my goodness. He's so stupid. <laughs> did he win an Academy Award for that movie where he played a trans woman? I think he did. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he needs to go away. <laughs> <laughs> or he at least won a Golden Globe or some major Can award. Can they just like remember. redo my so-called life but like Without- modern, but like them as all adults and he has like a real bad like drug problem. And, like, <laughs> he's like addicted to opiates and he's like having a real bad life and Claire Danes is like, like a lawyer yeah, yeah. Like, shit like, trying to get him out of prison. <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. Ooh, we should write that. I just want him to go back to just being the pretty rock I know yeah. with his corduroy jacket. I yeah. got that jacket. I begged for it. I had to have that jacket because I had such. And but it was before I realized who I was. I was like, I really want that corduroy jacket with the sheep lining. But yep. it was really I wanted Jared Leto. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I mean, like, yeah, as in like angry, angsty gay teen. Like I was definitely like thirty seconds to Mars. Like. He's so pretty. <laughs> like, this music is like, just gets me, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, do we have stats for this? We do. Um, this movie has a 6.8 on IMDb. It has a 60 on Metacritic. Oh. It has an 82% Rotten Tomatoes mm. and an 84% Audience Tomatoes. Oh, that's pretty good. That's honestly... Like, well, I'm surprised it hasn't, like, been, like, bombed by, you know, Lady all haters. the people who are there's, there's bombing like this online. a whole bunch of men's rights activists. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, one thing I did forget to watch, and this was while I was still in my angry at watching a DC movie mindset, was she made a joke about, like, not paying taxes and, like, how foolish it is to pay taxes. So I wrote down that this movie is, like, a Tea Party, like, libertarian. But she voted for Bernie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, all the libertarian bros. (laughs) I do love the, uh, yeah, paying is for dummies when they're, like, stealing from the grocery store. Yeah, paying is for dummies. Uh, (laughs) And then when Cassandra says... uh, you're not the only one who makes money off of dumb white people. Yeah, those are some, those are some good. I got some good laughs out of this. <laughs> um, oh, was oh, the, someone like they were talking online. People were like, the lead up to this movie has been like so just like 
uh, just a cesspool of like all of like the crazy like crackpot like people who are like, oh, like looks like women can't be sexy anymore. And I'm like, what? Do you know? Do, are you attracted to women? Like, cause like <laughs> I'm gay and I'm still like, yeah, no, like Margaret Robbie is hot. Like Journey Smollett is hot. Like, what are you talking about? Rosie Perez hot. Yeah, yeah Rosie I'm just like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. I think the release date was a big flop for them. I think they picked the wrong date because I like looked through even my other podcast film film feed and like every sort of press media outlet that would normally cover this kind of thing is covering the Oscars because of the oh, release yeah. date. Day. So all uh, the free press they would have normally got about a new movie coming out is just Oscar like yeah. talk like will will Parasite do it? Or yeah. is it going to be like, I don't know, what's the... Parasite what's the, Joker. Green Book Part uh, 2. Green Book two, 2, the Joker. <laughs> as Parasite. much as it should be Parasite, it's going to be Joker. Uh, I just... Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, uh, I know everyone in this room and probably anyone listening to this knows that Parasite should win. But... <laughs> yes. But I do, I've, I still, I think I said it before on here, but like, yeah, Bong Joon-ho talking about uh, how the Oscars are just like uh, some like... Small uh, local film, shame. like yes. film festival or something oh, like that. Yeah. It was I like, love it. Uh, that was so good. <laughs> it, was so it was so delicious. I just want to eat that comment. Yeah, just spoon. roll around. Oh, yeah. And the one inch barrier comment where he was just like, just learn to fucking read. Just read. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, Parasite, go see it. I don't know. We're still, <laughs> still going to talk about it like forever because. It is. It's an amazing movie. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I still haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think I'm going to see it. I don't yeah, think I'm going to no, see it either. I, mean, I like Brad Pitt, I'm, but like, I'm not, gonna see more, it, not but that I'm, much. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not going to pay money for it. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to see it, but I'm not going to pay money to see it. I'm going to say like Airplane, Netflix, maybe. Probably Airplane more than yeah. Netflix. I think I'll I need like a Xanax if I'm going like, to yeah. watch this movie. <laughs> Honestly, I like Brad Pitt more as a person than I've ever liked him as an actor. And it's mostly because like all of the work that he does of just like silently producing like all of these like black and like creators of color that mm-hmm. are just like... He's not like slapping his name on everything. He's like literally just like silently funding yep. all of these things. And I didn't even know about it until recently. And I was just like, oh, that's fucking awesome. I didn't even know that. And that's the way it should be. It's <laughs> just yeah. like put your money towards these things and let the people that like have these stories to tell, who have the life experience to like tell them like poignantly mm-hmm. do that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like the opposite of Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Seriously, I don't think I've made it through a Quentin Tarantino movie without falling asleep. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I slept through big chunks of Kill Bill 1 and Kill Bill 2. The Hateful Eight, boof. I mean, that, that one like, was... I couldn't middle. finish that Hateful one. Eight is yeah. so boring. Long. What other movies has he made? Like, I fall asleep during all of them. <laughs> In the theater. Like, it's, yeah. What's that weird, scary, like, slave fantasy movie? Oh, uh, Django Unchained. Django Unchained. That one I fell asleep during, but then I, like, was so angry I woke back up. You know, it was like, <laughs> like that. There's a lot of bullets in that movie. Yeah, that's a lot. Fucked up. All right, moving on. Well, yeah, let's, moving uh, on. <laughs> let's talk about recommendations, things that we want uh, people to watch and read. and. Okay, <laughs> recommendations. Should I? I'll go ahead. Okay, yeah. uh, so if you like this movie, I, I was trying to think of things that are kind of like it. Um... Barbarella. I think you should watch Barbarella. Uh, Jane Fonda in her first role. Um, uh, it is 
bonkers woman in space uh, 70s everything shag like her yeah. uh, lair is it's all amazing. shag carpeting like it's kind of fun has fun production design tank girl oh, from the 90s yes. <laughs> oh, I love tank girl Tara's good at that she yeah. steals people's recommendations I, do. <laughs> I, steal them. I steal them I haven't seen it since my sister's VHS tape copy so maybe we should oh, do that yeah. one you should, yeah, you should definitely watch we should that. do that uh, do the right thing with Rosie Perez I was finding like other movies that these folks are in the second season of Fargo, the TV show, has both Ewan McGregor and Huntress. Um, uh, have any of you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's the one where the person gets killed in the diner. Is that yes. the second season? Yes. Yeah, that one's really good. And there's like the weird Minnesota mob family yes. with the like matriarch. Yes. Who's the, Gene the, Smart. Oh, I love Gene Smart. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. God. So good. Dizing women. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say there's a bunch of um, Netflix documentaries about roller derbies, which I haven't seen any of them, or Glow, the TV show. Glow, Um, definitely Glow, for sure. There was something about her voice that I have, again, I have not seen this since it came out in the theater, Uh, but something about the way in which Margot Robbie does Harley Quinn's voice reminds me of, what is that movie Madonna made, where Who's That Girl was the soundtrack for? Uh, Who's That Girl? You know, remember that? uh, Do you remember what it was? Bad Girl. No, no, who's that girl? Oh, who's that girl is uh, uh, Dick Tracy? No, it's before that. Who's it's that terrible. Girl? But she has this little voice like this in it. Oh, is so, it? But, but like when, when uh, Margot Robbie is doing that voice, she's basically doing Arlene Sorkin. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. even before that, is this is like from, oh, well, well, we'll look it up in a second. Anyway, and then if you like uh, female action movies, go watch all of Michelle Yeoh's 80s yeah. action movies. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Is it Desperately Seeking Susan? No, it's, it's another one. It's, that's not that one either. If you like this, I'm going to say you will like Batman the Animated Series. Even as an adult, I went back and watched this. It holds up so, so well. Like one of the best written cartoon shows that has ever been made. Also, we talked about how it's revolutionary in its animation style, like how it changed a lot of different things. Um, It was the origin of Harley Quinn, like the voice acting of Arlene Sorkin. And we went on a little tangent about different Jokers. Uh, For my money, the best Joker is always and shall always be Mark Hamill in the Mm -hmm. animated series. Yes. Um, To that same effect, I'm also going to recommend the Batman Arkham games. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight are all excellent video games. Like, lots of content, so much you can do, but really good story. The voice acting of Kevin um, Conroy. Conroy and Mark Hamill and Arlene Sorkin, like all of them lending their voices to these games, like all that is really good stuff. So. Nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, I'll recommend the Harley Quinn show, the Harley Quinn comics. Yeah. There's yeah. plenty out there. Um, I don't know if she's currently, but she was at some point dating Poison Ivy, which was. Yeah, like, that's, that's also in the animated series. There's lots of um, episodes where. Even if they're not dating, there's great episodes where Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy team up to just like wreck house in Gotham. Yeah, and I would love to see that movie. Like, Ooh, I would like yeah. that's what I Agreed. want. Yeah. Who would we cast as Poison Ivy? Ooh, oh, that's a good, that's yeah. a fun game. <laughs> Emma Stone. No, 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 no. take your laugh. Stop, stop, stop. No, go. cancel, cancel, cancel. Get out, get out. I'm just thinking of red haired people. I'm sorry. That's a trope. It's a trope. Sorry, sorry. Chesting. I don't know. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll think about it. We'll have to think about yeah. that. <laughs> oh, it could be Poison Ivy. Yeah. Mm, somebody mm. kind of great. Doja Cat? <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. 
I love, uh, yeah, she has so many great uh, moments in the comics and in the animated series. And those two together is just like such a great dynamic of them just being like, yeah, fuck all the toxic men in our lives. Uh And (laughs) for... Uh, for Ivy in particular, pretty much just like fuck all men, period. Yeah. <laughs> Ivy is like fuck all men and kind of also fuck humanity. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Which I mean, she's not completely wrong. No, she's no. not. Points points have been made. <laughs> That's why she's one of my favorite Batman villains. It's like she's kind of right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's great. I yeah, I love those. I would say okay, what's my recommendations? I'd say Steven Universe is my recommendation. If yes! you like this like zany like girl power energy, I just would recommend that 10, 100, 10 million times. It's so good, but plus space. It's like an aliens and stuff. It's like amazing. And also if you go, I think also She-Hulk comics kind of have the similar like kind of like girl power frenzy kind of beauty, not the same kind of violence as like Harley Quinn, but I love that uh kind of I don't know, like, she's a lawyer, too? She has this sort of, like, background. It's like, I'm a serious woman, but I'm also a superhero yeah. kind of, like, moment. And there's a humor to it that's lovely. And, uh, yeah, I would go with the... Yeah, I remember she had trails. an animated series for a while, too, if I remember. She Hulk did? Didn't, didn't she? Is that on Disney or was, Plus? Or was she on... <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Is that on Disney Plus? Or was she just on the Hulk show? I, like, I feel like I remember seeing She-Hulk in an animated form. Was she on, like, the Hulk show with... Um... Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno. Oh, no. Oh, that show. 80s. 80s. I would watch that after school. I was really into it. It was a very confusing show. Yes. It was sort of like Little House on the Prairie, but it was like, or no, it was a Highway to Heaven. It was like Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven, yeah. Michael Landon. Yeah, it was like a, had the same producers, I felt like. It was like, and then the whistling in the end, like he's off to another town. That like piano, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, isn't there any like nationwide press in this world? Like, like, every town's like, oh, the Hulk. <laughs> oh, sad. Apparently, I just like Mandela affected myself. I don't know, but I, I'm not... making a She-Hulk show on Disney Plus. Oh, that's it awesome! Is coming out, yes. yeah, live action. Oh, mm-hmm. and Bridget Bardot was supposed to be She-Hulk. Uh, in the 80s but even there is like Bri- a, sorry wait what Bridget Bardot was supposed to be She-Hulk yeah it was supposed to be She-Hulk and they filmed it they have there's like a pilot you can see sections of it on YouTube whoa uh, you know who I think should be uh, She-Hulk uh, Gabrielle Union I think that would be she would be really good yeah, yeah yes. that would be nice yes <laughs> well alright um, I think that's all for our recommendations thank you all for listening you can find us online oh wait I forgot something what have you got going on, Stephen? You've got oh things my God. to plug. Yeah. Oh, nice. oh You've got things to plug. Isn't this podcast in. long enough already? <laughs> yeah. It's so long. Thanks for the thanks for the plugs. Uh, I have a I have a solo installation at the Boulder Museum of Contemporary Art, which will be up uh, in, in around February twentieth. Uh, I have a I'm running a workshop at uh, Denver Student Arts Denver Art Students League on March sixth and seventh, and that's a workshop that's going to be like a uh, backstrap loom weaving and conceptually based weaving workshop. It's a two day workshop and everybody gets to get a loom when they leave. And I made mm-hmm. all the looms. It's going to be really fun. I'm also currently in an exhibition at um, Alto Gallery, which is in Denver. Uh, and I made actually a um, an Alexa, Alexis covered with images of David Rose. Yes. yes. Lots 
There's lots of fringe. <laughs> I bought an adhesive gemstone gun to make it. So yeah, you should go check that out. That shows up at Alto Gallery in Denver until the end of February. Yes, yeah, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you're in Colorado, uh, you should check those things out. Um, yeah, you can find us online. We are on Twitter and Instagram at IWITWT. We have our website, which is IWITWT.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash IWITWT. Uh, both Colin and I are online individually. I am on Twitter at Catharticus. I am at Colin Much. Um, are you, yeah, on, are you, are you on, on the the social media? I'm on Twitter at Stephen Frost and on Instagram at Harmony in Bad Taste. All right, there we go. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, go see Birds of Prey uh, if you haven't already, yeah. which they I hope you have if you've listened yeah, this far. They need to help. <laughs> <laughs> Support this movie. Pre-order it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, thank you and goodbye. Thank you.